Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of The Bird Calls. He is Ali Cosell. I am David Grubb. And uh, tonight, the New Orleans Pelicans picked up one of their most impressive wins of the season, a 133-100 win over the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento, 4-0 against the Kings this season now. Ali, um, there's so many places we could go with this. I think the first place to start, though, is go first Let's give congratulations to Willie Green on his 100th career victory with the Pelicans. Absolutely. And if you think about the way it began, right, you were wondering when maybe – win number 100 will come, right? The Pelicans 3-16 and 16 is in their inaugural season, got off to the roughest of starts. And since then, things have definitely, like I said, trended upwards. So, yeah, absolutely. Every young coach wants to start hitting milestones. That means you're keeping your job, right? You're probably doing something kind of right. And he's got the Pelicans playing their best ball of the season, no doubt, these last, what, 27 games now. Uh, just really impressive tonight, again, uh, starts with the defensive end uh, of the floor, uh, holding the Kings, a team that have been averaging well over 123 points uh, over the last five games to 100 tonight. And that was with a 39-point fourth quarter. So you're just the, – the Pelicans set the tone. And in the third quarter in particular, 14 points in the third quarter, their second lowest that they've held anybody to uh, of the season. It, it, it's just they've been able to lock in on teams – and, and it starts with the effort on, on a guy like De'Aaron Fox, shooting all-star most likely, and he had three points tonight. Yeah, one of ten shooting. And look, Willie Green always preaches it. Fan base always wants to hear more about the offense, more three-point shooting, you name it, whatever. But it always, with this team, when you look at his composition, it, it has to be the defense, right? If the coach sets that tone, if that's what he's asking, then, of course, the players have to follow suit. And they've done that, right, especially since November 14th. I mean, we saw them last year, right, placed in the top 10 in defense. But what they're doing now is even a step back, right? You've got not only Herb Jones, Dyson. I'm sorry, David, what? I'm just saying, yeah, like, I don't even compare this year's defense to last year's defense. Because, you know, last year was a top 10 year. It was a year in the deep where offensively the NBA was in this very weird place where the teams at the top were all, like, 112, 114 in defense, which is unusually high for a D rating. This year, you're seeing the Pelicans lock teams and you're seeing them put up 105s, you know, consistently one, 100s uh, on the D rating scale and then holding teams regularly now to 105 points, 100 points. I mean, you've seen these stretches as of late. They are locked in defensively and on the glass. It's, it's, it's everywhere. And we're even seeing team shot blocking they're not still not a rim protecting team 
but you're seeing guys get blocks off of drives and things like that. It, to me, just this year's defensive effort compared to last year, completely different because you've got everyone is playing defense, yeah. it seems like, right now. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to, right? You know about the guys that play defense on this roster, right? Herb, Dice, Jose, several others. But it's the fact that I think Jonas Valanciunas looks quicker. You've got Brandon Ingram looking more locked in the knee, probably ever has on that end of the floor over the last month or close to it. Zion's coming up with big plays, which, which is something he showed a couple of weeks last season, right? So suddenly when everybody's playing defense, yeah, you're holding the Lakers, what, to 109 points. Brooklyn Nets, 85 points. Minnesota, number one team, one team in the West, 106. And then you just mentioned tonight, Kings, 100. So that's where it starts with this team. And when you've got 10 players that can actually give effort, right? That's why you've got to tip your cap. Brandon Ingram had a nice block after, uh, I forget who got by him. Was it Keegan Murray or somebody attempting a kind of a runner at the rim? Blocked that shot. CJ McCollum, I think he's probably been the most impressive and unexpected one, right? He, he gets his hands in, in the bread baskets of all these players that are gathering, trying to go up for shots. So to yep. me, it's a steal, but that's how he's picking up all these blocks. That's why he's, you know, registering blocks uh, for his career, which is a rarity, right? So when you've got everybody doing something and then you can flip a possession or two by not even allowing the opponent to get a shot up, well, suddenly you're giving yourself that many more chances of uh, winning the game. And for the Pelicans, that's everything. You're getting out in transition more likely. Pelicans had 19 fast break points compared to, what, just two or four against the Clippers last night. So you see the recipe, right, David? First, you stop the guys in front of you. You try and make life as miserable as you can, and this team's doing that. But then you keep them the one possession, and tonight – as Fish noted on Twitter, uh, 51 to, what was it, 25 rebounding edge? Fantastic. So, yeah, David, I, I want to talk about threes, too. Offense is fun, but really, with this team, you've got to start with talking about defense. The 25 rebounds, they allowed the lowest of the season, and they've done that two of their last uh, four games because uh, Minnesota, they held Minnesota to 28 rebounds. So, I mean, like <clears> – <throat> The Pelicans just defensively are, are owning the glass. And as we said, for them, that's so key. It allows them to run, and we're seeing the shots they're getting in transition. And we're seeing the passing, the secondary passing, which was the assist numbers were great tonight offensively because they were able to, to not allow uh, you know, their opponents to get set on the other end of the floor. And, and when you can do that, and the Kings are not a great defensive team anyway, but when you've no. got them constantly looking around in transition, they really couldn't do anything with the Pelicans. You saw many layups. You saw many paint touches. You saw even, in, you know, and, and double teaming Brandon, it, you know, I, if I'm defending, quite frankly, I don't want to double team Brandon because I think it's easier to bait Brandon into doing um, things with the ball maybe that he doesn't want to when he's by himself. But when you're you're making it easy for him, I think when you run people at him because of his height, because of his ability to see the floor, and because of guys like Trey and CJ who can spot up, and he knows he's looking for them right in that corner. CJ's going to be there, and you saw that tonight on multiple occasions that when Bi was doubled, he knew exactly where he wanted to go with the basketball, and that level of trust wasn't always there um, early in the season, but we saw it at the end of last season. Um, with B.I., and we're starting to see it again right now where he just knows where guys are going to be. And I think that the Kings made a huge mistake tonight sending doubles at him all night. Well, real quickly on that, the, 
Clippers did that last night, and they actually found some success doing it. But the reason, the difference, I think one of the biggest differences, much different team. both teams, of course, is their their ability to play defense, right? So when Brandon Gut was getting doubled a couple nights ago, guess what? The Kings were rotating where they were taking the the two passing lanes that Brandon's going to look at first, right? Kings didn't do that at all. But that's not to take anything away from B.I., Pelicans' best offense by far is when they play with pace and force. They did none of that, and the Clippers largely deserve credit two nights ago. But, again, they came out with even greater emphasis on it. And Brandon Ingram, when he plays like that and leads by playing with pace and playing with that force, right, he's attacking the rim, David. He, he's, he's not just settling for mid-range shots anymore. He's trying to get to the rim. Or he's really doing a good job of finding teammates to where he's trying to set somebody up, right? You see the way he reads pick and rolls. It's fantastic. I don't know how many times off a of pick and roll he found an open three-point shooter. He just knows where to look for those guys. So he's kind of becoming, I guess, this team's de facto point guard, right? We were wondering who was going to be at the start of the year. And we've seen, like you mentioned, Brandon Ingram towards the end of last season showed that over the last six weeks. But to do it on a consistent basis, that's something he hasn't shown. And right now, what, maybe for the last month and a half, he's largely done that. And the Pelicans, they're 28-11 and 11 when B.I. gets eight or more assists in the game. So – it behooves, obviously, not only B.I.'s stat numbers, but, of course, the Pelicans in winning games. If somebody's trying to lead, right, lead the offense, because we know, David, they haven't really established anything in the half court, right, that they can rely upon. So they've got to build towards something. So I think B.I. getting more um, basically comfortable, I guess is the best way to put it, in that role is really fantastic because you know they're not going to bring in some point guard to suddenly lead these guys. You know the ball is going to be in his hands along with Z's and CJ's, but somebody, when things get tight, when you need a basket, has to be able to make a play. And I think for Brandon, these are just great reps, which I hope are building towards something like that down the road and hopefully the playoffs. Cool. I wanted to hit on this defensive number because I tweeted it, and I don't, I don't know if everyone will see it, but saw it, but um, I wanted to talk about it on here. Because when we talk about the importance of defense under Willie Green, and his, he has his hundred, got his 100 wins. 73 of those wins, 73 of those 100 wins have come when they've held teams to 110 points or less. So they are 23 and 78 in all other games. They have 70, um, uh, excuse me, 77 of his wins have come in those situations where they where they've held teams to 110 or less. So that's what they always wanted to do when they play that way. It, 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 it's the best thing, I think, Again, it, the energy is there. It gets this team to a place they have, they, they need energy. And sometimes it's difficult for the Pelicans to generate it themselves, like just by walking in the building. Their defense always creates that for them. When they are engaged, they find the offensive energy. And we saw that they came out tonight. The big difference, the Clippers had energy. The Clippers had purpose the other night and wanted that game from start to finish. They came in. They were not going to lose another game to the Pelicans after losing 10 out of 11. They Tonight, the Pelicans played with that kind of focus and determination from the opening tip. They wanted to establish the fact that this was their game. And I think that that was huge because I was concerned. You know, we've talked about, you know, extending these winning streaks. And had they beat the Clippers, honestly, I feel like they could have been in a position to go to eight or nine wins. Um, you know, because you picked up this win tonight against a team that in the Kings that they have had success against. The Warriors are going to be tough at home, but they're they're still a below 500 team right now. That's a team that the Pelicans should think about winning uh, that game against. They should feel like they have the advantage there. 
and then they played Denver well in Denver. You can win that game. The, the Nuggets have played some close games as of late, and then you go to Dallas. I thought that that momentum was there, but at least here now, at the start of this, it didn't carry over. And to not only did it not carry over, for them to play and blow out the Kings, I think was a great testament to their mental preparedness for this game. Yeah, look, I, I remember telling you guys, right? I heard when I was at the uh, arena a couple nights ago, Clippers had circled that game as basically must win. They treated it like a playoff game because all the players knew Pelicans have dominated them for the last three years and they were fully healthy. So they wanted to prove a point. And, and it really did show, right? The Pelicans, I didn't think, played haphazardly. And I know the fan base started playing, placing a lot of blame, whether with coaching staff, with certain players. But I saw a team that just wasn't, you know, as focused as they need to be, brought 110% energy. I thought they brought like 95, but that's not good enough, right? On a team that's bringing 110 with all those vets, all those guys that are so engaged on winning, and it showed up. But what you do from a loss like that, of course, and remember, David, I want fans to understand you're going to have nights like that, right? This is 82 games to where you're asking athletes to run up and down the court. This isn't baseball where you have to be focused when the ball's either hit at you or you're at the plate. Right. So to, to bring it for 82 games, max effort, max focus, it just doesn't happen. Right. I even remember watching Michael Jordan have issues every now and then. Right. His Bulls teams more so than he did. But it just doesn't happen. So the lapses happen. But it's how you bounce back. And for them just to jump, you know, right out of the gates, they got their first six points, by the way, in the paint. That's another thing that I, I hope never changes. I know we all love the threes, but hey, for this team, it starts on the inside, attacking that lane. And then when you do that, suddenly you saw that snowball effect they got in a good rhythm start finding the open shots from the outside and they got rolling and the best part david they didn't let off the gas i was wondering when are the kings going to make their run right they got to a good start and i'm yeah. thinking okay maybe it's going to be late in the second quarter teams have done that against the pelicans nope okay then definitely out of the third right out of halftime right at the start of third didn't happen again so that's a big credit to the pelicans they're kind of fixing as we've seen in you know past some problems that exist but this one feels more palatable, more sustainable, because they've got 10 guys that are playing right now and they're playing to their strengths. You want them to be defense first because all these guys can play defense, right? Whether it's average to above average to fantastic. And of course, like you said, when the ball touches everybody else, when you're getting out in transition, suddenly you're making use of all your athletes, all your shooters, you name it. And that's the breast band of basketball for this team. And different guys hit a three-pointer tonight. Franchise record. How about Cody so Zeller? <laughs> yeah, even Cody Zeller hits a three tonight. Um, but again, the attempts weren't crazy. They didn't have a crazy number of attempts. They were 19 to 35 uh, from three, a very good percentage. And that's a good number for them, I think. What do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, I think this is, you're not going to get 45, 40, 45 threes from this team. That, that's just not who they are naturally. There's nights when they're going to be on heaters like this, when CJ is firing and it's going, when Trey is going, when Hawk is going, or this the ball rotation is great and, and guys, Najee hit his three. You know, everybody got, got good looks. But, you know, people say, well, increase CJ's volume, increase uh, BI's volume. I don't think you want to make people do things that are not natural to them. So when CJ's feeling it, yeah, keep taking more. If BI's feeling it, yeah, take more. But the shots tonight I felt were natural. They weren't forced threes to get them up. They came out of the, the flow of the offense. And, and that to me, and like you talked about inside out, 
Again, Jonas, 10 shots tonight. The interior passing to get him shots was, was very effective. And then when he gets six made field goals, the Pelicans usually win, I think it's well over 73% of the time, if he just gets six made field goals. So the balance was there. Even without Zion, they found their interior balance so that they didn't abandon touches in the paint. They didn't abandon getting the ball inside. It wasn't just um, jacking up threes. They were still doing the things that they do in their profile wins. They got out. They, like you said, they scored points transition. They dominated points in the paint. They won the rebounding battle. They made their threes at a good clip but it was in the movement of the offense, which is the way I like to see it, rather than trying to be a three-point shooting team. And here's the thing. Good teams are going to prevent good looks from three. It's a given. Unless you get out in transition, like, say, 20 times a game, you're not going to get those looks against the best defensive teams. And my favorite example is, and Zion picked up on it, all the guys did, is when the Pelicans last played Houston, right? They stayed like glue and attached to Brandon, CJ, Trey. They couldn't get any perimeter looks, none. They made them put the ball down on the uh, floor and then, of course, made them drive into traffic. Houston had an excellent game plan that they executed perfectly that night. But to your point, David, the Pelicans don't have to rely on that three-point shot. If, if Houston or any good defensive team does that to a team that relies on a three, they're in trouble. I've seen that happen to Dallas this year. I've definitely seen it happen to where Boston, you know, kind of becomes over-reliant on the three-point shot. And you don't want the Pelicans to do that. Why? Because they've got Zion, the number one scorer in the paint in the league. You've got Jonas Valanciunas, who, again, picked up the slack in Z's absence by making his presence felt down there. I know Sabonis finished with more points, but I feel like Valanciunas definitely made a bigger impact in the paint. So you've got B.I. driving. The number yeah, one they, shot I mean, we're, we're just basically saying the same thing. The guys... To play to their strengths is one thing, but to play to their strengths that makes sense for this team and for their individual skill sets, that's what I like to see, and that's what they're doing. That's what they got to keep doing, right? It is inside out for this team. It always should be with the composition of this roster. I do like that uh, Jordan Hawkins, he, he hasn't shot it you know, super well. He, he made some shots tonight, but it, it, he hasn't been you know, on fire since he came back. But you're seeing the activity. You're seeing that he's learned the lessons and what he talked about is, you know, in his post-game comments that he didn't view uh, going down to G League as a punishment is about getting better. And he's taking that approach. I think he's been very mature about his, his, the way the Pelicans have utilized him the entire season. When you, you under, have to understand as a rookie, your minutes are going to be a yo-yo at times because there are players who that the, the coaching staff can count on and that are a little more dependable and understand things better. I think he's he's still though the aggressiveness is still there and that doesn't change and I think that's the most important thing to me when I look at him is that he's never lost his confidence no matter what has happened even if his shot is or isn't going down yeah I hated the fact that the fan base made so much of a deal about him going to G League we knew it was going to be for a game or two and of course it was shortened because Trey got hurt but the thing is it's to keep the players sharp to keep working on your skill set Trey did it three years ago. This is a given, and especially now when the Pelicans are a good team, right? Rookies that aren't a top pick and they're on a good team, your minutes are going to be happening when pretty much somebody ahead of you, right, has, has, has an issue, can't play, isn't playing well, something along those lines. So his problem's been there's a lot of good players who are now healthy, been healthy now for about a month. So for him to crack the rotation, 
it's just going to be a hard thing to do. But you know it's going to happen. He's going to have plenty more opportunities this season. And he, he'll probably be able to even, you know, grab kind of a bigger role on this team if he keeps playing well, right? If he keeps showing Willie that even in limited minutes, he's being a positive, his confidence is there. But more than his confidence, right, is the fact that he's helping the team. So he's not passing up open threes. So when they're running him off the line, he's making a play by getting to the rim, like we saw tonight, right? He scored multiple yeah. times off a dribble or two or got all the way to the rim. So when he's doing things like that, I'm not worried about Jordan, his playing time or his future here. And yeah, the, the, the point can't the point can't be emphasized enough. It's about staying sharp and fresh. And he simply wasn't getting the playing time after what? I think it was about January 4th. He kind of got removed, right, from the rotation. Yeah. So I, you have no issues for a warm-up game in the G League, not for a rookie. And, and people have to remember, again, there's so little practice time in the NBA. Yes. So even – it's just even in the G League, you're getting more practice reps. You're getting first – he's getting first-team practice reps and first-team minutes. So, you know, when those things happen, he'll probably have another stint at some point during the season if everybody's healthy. It, you don't want him actually rotting on the bench, I think, for the Pelicans and not getting his legs under him, not getting more of a chance to build up his strength because those are the things that he has to do, and he's not going to get those opportunities really – to bang in practice when this team right now is 11 deep you know yeah david one other point we should emphasize is that jordan he's very cerebral <laughs> right he understands the game so for a lot of rookies you actually it, it benefits them a lot by just sitting on a bench sometimes and watching the action i think jordan's already picked up on how the nba works pretty quickly uh he had that summer league rough went kind of rough for him and then right after you spend a couple months on the bench you know kind of what it's about so for him it's really just working on your skill set, where you can improve, how to sharpen things. So I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the, the, as, as it goes forward to the way this offense is designed, he has to become more of a passer too. And I think those are our stints where he could be more of a combo, whereas with the Pelicans, he's just going to shoot. But, you know, that, that development, I think, as a combo player is going to be part of that too. Um, last thing uh, I think we want to talk about tonight, um, again, the unsung, the unsung hero that is Jonas Valanciunas, man. Just his, his, a double-double again in limited minutes, but also his defensive effort, as you talked about. He and Sabonis, while Sabonis has put up these huge numbers as of late, whenever they play, the, whenever he plays the Pelicans, it just seems like his impact is muted. Even when he gets 20-10, whatever he gets, it's not the same kind of impact that we've seen Sabonis have against other teams. Yeah, the biggest thing I took away from tonight is the fact that Jonas didn't put him on a free throw line, right? That's where Jonas gets in trouble. He starts putting opposing centers or just players that are coming in the lane on the free throw line because he's not the fastest. He's not the biggest leaper, but he did a great job of staying ground. And you saw that on his block of uh, Sabonis, where I think he threw a fake. Valanciunas didn't bite. Then he got him on the second try up, perfectly played. And Jonas just, he's been a stalwart to where, you know, I know all of us uh, this past summer were just thinking, Jonas isn't a good fit. Willie doesn't play him down a stretch of games. They weren't getting him the ball enough last season. So what's the point if you're not going to play to his strengths? Well, I think they've done a much better job of doing that this year. And moreover, Jonas looks, you know, like I said, a little bit quicker, more athletic out there. So suddenly I, I think he's a, probably a more viable option than say you bring a guy that's just basically a role guy, right? A, a true rim protector, but just mainly a role guy. I think it's better for this team to have somebody that's got, some, got so much more uh, offensive versatility. Right, because Jonas can make a pass, he can hit a three, you know, he can hit the mid-range shot, he can do a lot of things, and this is especially important 
when you don't have Zion. I, I can't emphasize that enough. You got to have, I feel like, at least one threat for a team that wants to play inside out, right? Otherwise, it's going to throw everything, your strategies, you know, basically have to do a 180, right? Something you got to change your style. And I don't think that's what you want to do as a team where you're bouncing back and forth, right? Depending on whether a player's in or out of the lineup. So, no, I think Jonas, honestly, probably makes more sense now than he has even maybe since his, you know, inaugural season here in New Orleans to where you've got to think long and hard about if you're David Griffin, rest of the front office, on making a move, right? Trading for a different center. I won't even say an upgrade because I'm not sure who's going to upgrade this roster, right? Say, David, say you bring a guy that's more defensive oriented. Pels are already number one in defense last 27 games. Yeah, you might get a few more shot blocks, but then what about on the other end of the floor, right? I think you'll be subtracting a lot more from that end than you will be adding to the defensive end by get, getting like a Jared Allen or somebody else. I'm not, I'm not replacing Jonas at this stage. You know, if anything, the only thing is that I, I just want to, I would want the Pelicans to, to be prepared to have a backup just because as good as Larry's been playing as of late, Larry gets, it, you're wondering how long that lasts. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, you, you hope it lasts, but you're just, how long can he hold up physically? You're always, you're always holding your breath whenever you hear side is missing a game or two. So it, it, and that is the only position on the roster height that they just don't have a whole bunch of. And there are some teams that just do have length that, and, and we've seen that can give the Pelicans trouble with their size on a night to night basis though. It isn't an issue on like an individual game to game basis. It isn't usually an issue because they are deep enough and talented enough. It just, I think when you get to the playoffs and it's series based and the game changes, that's where I think that height would become an issue, but it's not anything that I would go look and find somebody to replace Jonas as the starter. Absolutely not. If I'm looking for a big and somebody to give me 10 minutes of size and fouls, you know, in case, there are situations where Jonas does get in foul trouble in a game and I need somebody to, to absorb, you know, some of that uh, contact down low. Yeah. And I think we should naturally now talk about Cody Zeller, right? Because that's who's supposed to be right. The backup with size to Jonas. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure what to make of Cody, right? There's some games. And remember he plays so infrequently, it's hard to even come up with any kind of, you know, good, strong basis. I feel like one way or the other. So it's just a gut feeling, but I think Cody might be palatable enough, right? So if you're going to upgrade, I'm not sure what direction you go, but Cody, for instance, sets great screens. He's a ferocious rebounder, total effort guy, right? And he can make a pass. So, yeah, see, David, I, I don't know. I, I, I that, mean that you move is, like, I'm, I think the EJ Liddell thing is done. Like, that just doesn't seem to be... Well, he's picking up a roster spot. That's a problem for me. He's not going to be ready to contribute this year no matter what happens, injury-wise, ahead of him, right? So, for me, that's the problem. He's taking up a roster spot where I would like to have somebody more like uh, Larry on on the roster, right, that can help you play a little bit more versatile, play a little bit more small if you want to, right? JRE, Jeremiah Earl Robinson, he just doesn't have the size, right? So, yeah, I know they want EJ Liddell in time to be that, but right now he's just kind of soaking up a roster spot where you can't rely on him for minutes at all this year. So even if they if they had a developmental big in that spot, somebody with more size in that spot, so they got feel more comfortable. So I just I, I just you know I, I just I, Zeller's another guy who's missed a lot of games over the last few seasons. So yeah, you never know. True. It's just yeah, you know, it's just so hard for me to count on you know to, to say. And to feel that all of them are going to make it the rest of the way healthy. And it, it, it just, it's, 
just betting on the odds patches. are small, right? The Kings did it last year, maybe a couple other teams, but yeah, you're going to endure some rough patches with injury. Every, almost every team does every year now. I will say this as we as we wrap. That, that's a great start to this road trip. That's a great start. I like that heading into Golden State. Um, it doesn't look like Draymond Green will be available for that game, which is typically how the Pelicans' luck goes. Is that the you know first game back for somebody is usually against them. But it doesn't look like Draymond will be there. And we've seen some turmoil with that Warriors team. A lot of turmoil. (laughs) I I would say it's a lot, right? Um, I think this is a a good time for the Pelicans to end their uh, struggles in Golden State. This would be a good good time to do that. And then to be able to head to the Warriors right now, they're they're losing by 17 to the Raptors. It's not even halftime yet. And moreover, from people close to the team, what they've been telling me is there's only one guy on that roster right now playing with any kind of energy. Uh, whether they're winning or not. And that's Steph. That's not good enough. I mean, we've seen Clay hanging his head where there's been talked about after games over the last few weeks. He hasn't played well consistently all season. Now they've lost Chris Paul, right? Fractured hand. So, yeah, they're a team in turmoil. That's a game you have to get, right? You feel like you, the Pels just have to be able to get that take care of business. Yeah, I'm sorry it, to it, it, Go it's, ahead. <laughs> it's at least a three and two road trip. Yeah. You know, I think you can at least you, – you talk about – Denver still is your, your disadvantage at Denver. Everyone's at a disadvantage in Denver. But then you, if you if you pull this one off and then you think about, hey, we, if we can get a split, maybe even steal two in Dallas, that's a great road trip then. But, hey, take it one at a time. But as of today, you have to like the way the Pelicans are. And hopefully this thing with Zion doesn't take too long to get back. But you feel comfortable. I think even if you if the Pelicans had to sit Zion for Golden State, I think I, I I feel comfortable in them playing that game and having Zion back for Denver. Yeah, but honestly, I think he'll play in Golden State. He went through a I walk. Mean, if he can't play, yesterday. we want him to play. If he can't play, we want him to play. If there's any doubt, I'm just saying. Right. Thank you no, no, I know what you're saying, but I'm just – I don't want anybody to misread what you're trying to say to where you think he might be out because of stuff we're hearing. No, that's not the case. No, I've heard anything like that. No. I was saying, yeah, but um, – Ali, any uh, final thoughts as we uh, head out of here? No, I mean, nothing needs to be said other than 18 and 9 now since that team meeting. Top defense in the league during that time. And I think it's the eighth or ninth best offense, right? So you had the dud against the Lakers, dud against the Clippers, and, and the three ball. I agree that to some degree that they should look to shoot a little bit more. And CJ's doing it now. Right. He's taking upon his shoulders where he's it looks like he's trading middies for some more additional threes. So that's good for the overall offense. But other than that, no, th- there's hard there's hardly anything to gripe about, I feel like. And especially you don't touch the starting lineup. I know people have talked about and I want to see Trey Murphy start, too, at some point soon. Right. In his career, because he deserves it. But right now is not the time to raise these issues. Not to replace Herb Jones. Yeah, sorry, if you're not replacing Herb, who are you replacing him, right? You, you just can't do it, yeah. You're not taking Herb Jones out of the starting lineup. I, I just don't think people understand his value and and, and also the, the boiling down of spacing to simply the ability to shoot. When the spacing goes bad, it's rarely Herb Jones's fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I see the spacing go bad, it's because B.I. And, and Zion and C.J. start getting too close to each other and not moving and there and there or it's the, the other man her jones if there's one thing he understands is how to play basketball he knows where to be mm-hmm. and he's shooting over these last five games or so 
Herb's, I think, still leading the team in three-point percentage. It may be different after what uh, what CJ did tonight, but he was leading the team in, in three-point percentage over the last week or so. So, I mean, it, it's you're, you're never going to be at the point where you think Herb should be giving you 20 a night. That's not his job. But it's much more, to me, it balances this team the way it works. And Herb sets that tone defensively. If they don't come out playing defensive basketball, if if Herb's not there to keep De'Aaron Fox from getting off to a good start, mm-hmm. the, t- the tone of the game is completely different. The reason the Pelicans are able to defend so well is because guards are not getting into the paint. And if you change the starting line, I think it, it, it changes the defensive uh, it would crumble, David. Herb Jones is by far and away a legitimate safety out there. He's not only taking care of his man, but the amount of help and, and how he provides it. And then he's always in the ear of guys. I see it. If you go to a game, just watch Herb. Watch how he unites the guys, talks to certain guys, pulls them aside, tells them what he sees. It's happening every single game. So There's you, no doubt that Brandon can't go without it. You really can't. And think about this. Brandon and Zion have been playing good defense and if you don't suddenly have Herb setting the tone for that, I think their defense would drop off just naturally, right? Because you don't have that tone setter for that out there. Need the communicator. They need, like you said, they need Herb to tell them things to keep things going. He's that guy. He's the quarterback of that defense. He's the middle linebacker, the safety, all those things. He's the brain of it. And you take him out of that from that starting group, which has guys who. Look, Jonas can't be the can't be the guy calling the defensive shots. He can't. CJ's not able to do that. And David, Who let me throw this you? up to you. The Pelicans want to be a defense first team. That's what their coach wants. That's what this team's identity has to be, right? So if you remove, so then then what happens, right? How can you maintain that identity? You, you just cannot. And here's to further this point, a lot of people are bringing up the numbers, right? For the starting lineup, right? The advanced numbers. Comparing offensive rating, defensive rating, poor net rating overall, right? I think that's not an issue when you're winning games, when you can make adjustments, and when you can close with whatever which way you've got to go, right? So if you need more offense, you can go that route. And we've seen that. Herb has sat some games over the last three weeks to finish close games in favor of Trey, in favor of more offense. So you can go that route. That's fine. But I just think, like we're trying to say here, you can't touch a starting lineup unless it's a de facto bad starting lineup to where it's not setting the proper tone. And I think it really is. They really try and do that. You don't mess it. I know what the numbers say, but you've got to look deeper than that. Absolutely. Ali, thank you so much, man. A busy week ahead of us, both with the Pelicans. Um, but it should be an exciting one. So until the next time, make sure y'all like, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit the notification button, follow us um. Uh, on X at uh, the bird calls and in O and at the bird rights. And then make sure you check out the birdrights.com for Pelicans news notes and otherwise until the next time for Ali Cosell, I'm David Grubb. This has been the bird calls and the words of our friend Preston Ellis. Let's go Pels.